0: Hey everyone, you just tuned in to the NetSuite podcast and I'm your host, Kendall Fisher. On this episode, I'm so excited to introduce to you NetSuite's first ever entrepreneur in residence, Ramon Ray. So what is an entrepreneur in residence, you ask, and how does this impact you, whether you're a NetSuite customer, partner, employee, or prospect? Don't worry, we will cover all of that. And as a four-time entrepreneur and current founder of Smart Hustle Media, Ramon will also take us on his career journey from the United Nations to small business consultant and expert. He'll discuss the biggest barriers to growth he's witnessed businesses face, as well as the people, processes, and technology that can help overcome those obstacles. He'll even explain how to navigate the increasing customer acquisition costs we're seeing right now and improve customer retention, the mistakes you've seen businesses make on social media, and why creating an authentic personal connection with each of your customers is a trend that will never fade. All of that and more coming up next.
1: You're listening to the NetSuite Podcast, where we discuss what's happening within NetSuite, why we're doing it, and where we're heading in the future. We'll dive into the details about the software and the people at NetSuite who are behind all the moving parts. We'll also feature customer growth stories, discussing the ups and downs of running a company and how one integrated system can help your business continue to scale.
0: Hi Ramon, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Kendall, you're welcome. It's great to be here.
0: <laughs> I, I've i had the pleasure of interviewing you a few times now as our first ever entrepreneur in residence. So I'm excited to have you now on the podcast, though, for the very first time.
1: No, it is exciting. And it's funny. I've seen you many, many times doing some baller stuff for Oracle NetSuite. <laughs> and it's an honor to partner with you and the team and uh, help us serve our customers. So thank you, Kendall, very
0: much. The feeling is mutual. Um, okay, so I want to start by actually defining this new role here at NetSuite because not, not not everybody's going to know what it is. So in your own words, what is an entrepreneur in residence?
1: Sure. I think it's comprised of two or three things. I think one, uh, the, the most important thing I think for, for Oracle NetSuite is being able to take the experience and industry knowledge that I have in the small business world and being able mm-hmm. to bring that to Oracle NetSuite. So I think that's point one, to be able to bring that outside knowledge in to the Oracle NetSuite team, one. I think point 2 is for us also bringing the Oracle NetSuite Aura and Vibe and the customers and the the great team members you know that we know bringing them to the outside the wall as it were to the outside world many of the relationships I have many of the relationships that Oracle NetSuite already has so in yeah. the bottom line is it's kind of taking all the relationships inside and outside packaging them together in San Ramon you can be one of a few people which includes Kendall and others executives and wave the Oracle NetSuite flag outside to the industry, but also being a rabble rouser, as it were, inside Oracle NetSuite as well.
0: Yeah, I kind of want to expand on that a little bit more. So how, like for the customers, our current customers in the community that's tuning in right now, how Mm -hmm. will this whole entrepreneur in residence role really benefit our community? How will you help them harness their superpowers and what we're calling this new age of growth as we move forward from 2020 and into, (laughs) you know, 2021, thank goodness. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, I see myself Kindle as being a funnel for the customer. So Netsuite has these thousands, and we can talk to two people if you want. We can talk to the current customers, and then mm-hmm. those who may be listening who are not Netsuite customers, because there's a role right. for them too. So I of think course. that for the current customers who already know Oracle Netsuite, Oracle Netsuite wants to share their 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 knowledge, their experience, how cool they are, and say, hey we get to work with some of the best companies on the planet. So part of my role is to help take those stories and working with the team and share them out to the world. So I think that's one role. And Mm -hmm. I think those who are even not yet customers, NetSuite wants to know, and and keep kind of a sharp edge, right? NetSuite wants to always know, who should we be talking to? Who should we be paying attention to? What pockets of influence should we understand? And that's a role that I can help in as well.
0: Definitely. I mean, and and you really hit the nail on the head, like, we're not just excited about our product, but we're excited about the people who are excited about our product, and you're yes. one of them. One of the one of the cool guys, if you will. <laughs> um, and you have so much. I mean, your, your network's huge in the small business world. Um, and we're going to actually get into that in a little while and really how that's shaped you into an authority, um, for us. But before we do, I got to like, kind of take it back to the very beginning. I love to go back to Uh pre where you are now, (laughs) um, (laughs) you actually kicked off your career working for, um, the United nations for 10 Mm -hmm. years. Um, can you tell us a bit about this role and what it entailed?
1: Yeah, that was interesting, Kendall. So I started actually at the United Nations, one of my first jobs right out of high school. So I'm almost 50. People wow. could do whatever math they want. Which I uh, still can't I, believe, <laughs>
0: by the way. I still, I, <laughs> anyway, but keep going. <laughs> and as you know,
1: Kendall, I have two adult children. And, and right. so, but I've been, I've been blessed, started my family life as it were early. So, you know, mm-hmm. and Hey, we can do a whole show on that too. You know, the next yeah. family show or something. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah. So I started it right kind of right out of high school. Um, I had a few jobs as, as a stock boy, they called us back then, stock boy at a grocery store and some other things I've done, like many people. Some people waited tables. Some people worked in grocery stores. I worked in grocery stores. But mm-hmm. the point is, applied to the United Nations because what they have Kindle is at the UN, they have something called the General Assembly. Those mm-hmm. who are either in politics or who are in the New York area know that's where all the heads of state come to the New York area and mm-hmm. closed traffic down the president comes and ah. all these people come and they hire extra people to do a variety of roles. So one of the- the roles I applied for was, in essence, a secretary, a clerk, as it were, kind of your office guy or gal to just help with paperwork, right? You need invoices typed or checks sent out, somebody to go to the post office. That's what I did. And then I was blessed to be promoted to running the entire office. So what they called administrative officer. So I was there for 10 or more years. And and should I, I won't steal your thunder, because Kendall, you know what happened after that, but I'll let you say it. But until something happened. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah. that And that's actually what I want to hear about. I I wasn't sure if I would bring it up or you now we're like really setting this up, but, uh, (laughs) I know, I know, I don't know. I know on your website, you call it Mm -hmm. fired. I don't know if you Mm -hmm. were let go or fired or what happened, but please tell us a little bit about that. And I really want to know how that impacted your career from there. I mean, obviously 2020, so many people, um, lost their jobs and, Um, I think there's a lot of lessons to learn from that. I think there's a whole new, um, sort of new era of innovation that's stemming from that. But for the people that are kind of a little lost right now, uh, feeling a little hopeless, like what lesson did you learn from, from being let go from the UN?
1: Absolutely. So indeed, yes, I was fired from the U.N. It wasn't like fired like Ramon, you know, like on The Apprentice or something where the, my boss walked in, you're fired, pack right. your bags and don't let the door hit you on your behind as you're going out. Not yeah. quite like that. Yeah. If it was, that'd be a pretty cool video. But more so, so, so the bottom line is, Kendall, the U.N. has strict rules. It's a quasi-government agency, not quite, but that's the framework it's in. Anybody right. listening who has mothers or fathers or they work in a government entity, pretty strict rules. You know, they want to make sure there's no nepotism and hanky-panky, and et cetera bottom line is, Kendall, I had my own business. I came to the UN, Uh but I had this entrepreneurial fire within me for all these years. And so Uh I had permission to run my business up to a certain point, but then Kendall, the permission was taken away. So Mm -hmm. at that point, I had started a few companies, you know, I was I had the entrepreneurial buzz within me, and I kept my business, and, and it was kind of an amicable, I think is the big word, separation, yeah. but my contract was not renewed, and so yeah. I use the word firing, but that's what happened to me, and I think that, yes, it was interesting, and I will touch into this space about what to do if you don't have your business anymore, and I think now, Kendall, there's two different sides, one, as, a, as an entrepreneur, I am, I, I started several businesses, sold two of them, and, and one of my clients, as it were, and the this context is Oracle NetSuite. So mm-hmm. it, it it you don't have that per se steady income as it was if you're an employee. You know, you come mm-hmm. in proverbially. I know you know it's not 9 to 5, but proverbially nine to five. You have your job and you leave. You don't have to worry about where the customers are coming from. You don't have to worry about the customers. That's the main thing, you know, and how Mm -hmm. things are done as a business owner. You do, but my encouragement to those who've been let go, Kendall, my encouragement to those who are like Ramon, I worked for business for five years, for 10 years, for 12 years, for two years. And now I don't, I think there's a few things, a hone your skills. That's one, whatever it may be. Two, Look to see what other skills you may have that can translate to other things. And, and frankly, Kendall and I are doing this all day long. I have a wide variety of experience between the two of us. We're yeah. morphing in our own world. So that's point two. I think point three is that um keep your network hot. You want to be loyal to people, yes, for sure. But we know in 2021, or if people are hearing this in 2022 that. Right. You just don't know the economy's crazy, so yeah. you don't want to have the mad at all the time, Kendall. I'm looking for a job, looking for a job. No, but just hey, girlfriend, Kendall, we haven't had coffee in six months. Let's catch up, or hey, whoever it is, shall we touch base? And and yeah. and just have a call. So those are yeah. a few things that that's helpful.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. I mean, uh, my first job, so I was actually let go. I was a, um, I was a celebrity ghost blogger. Mm -hmm. So I would blog under celebrity names for their like personal blogs when those were like all the rage in 2012. Um, and I was like, go. And actually it was a, a networking. I went to USD and, um, a girl who was in all of my Spanish classes. I minored in Spanish. A girl who was all in all of my Spanish classes. She just randomly, I think DM'd me on Facebook or Instagram. She was like, what are you doing for work right now? I was like, Oh, Hey, great to hear from you. I'm actually, I just was like, go, no, still looking. And she was like, you were always so sweet to me. I actually have an opportunity for you. Um, and it ended up being with e-news and that was like my Mm. dream job out of college. And it's just interesting how you maintain those connections. You're just a good, like, just be a good person, you know, and people remember you people remember. So bad things happen to everybody in life. But if you're a good person through all of it, that'll come full circle. And you got to believe that. Right.
1: That's correct. No, absolutely. I think you're right. And I think that's one big lesson, you know, as we talk today, I think the aspect of keep your network hot and that network could be right. We've just talked today in a few minutes we've been talking. I think a, I have a network of the small business owners that NetSuite right. can leverage. Or if you're looking for a job, you know, maybe you're listening today and you know, your child needs a job or your husband or your wife or uh, whoever's in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Keep your network and let people know again, not in a begging way, but just, Hey, I'm available, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm out there I here's some skills I have. And I think yeah. that's a side point I want to underline Kendall, is that some people don't know how to describe you. So meaning I think it's important, like for, for me, I know in my church, Kendall, people used to say, Ramon, did you get a job yet? I'd have to patiently huh. explain. I own my own business. I'm gainfully <laughs> employed. Oh, really? But you didn't say you're an accountant, doctor, lawyer or something standard, like regular people. So,
0: right. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, you, you know, you, you talked about honing your skills, um, from your previous, you know, roles or whatever for your current position. I'm curious, what did you, to kind of round out your time with UN, what did you bring from that and how did that help, you know, help you build the foundation of your entrepreneurial journey from there?
1: Yeah, I think of late, I mean, diversity and DNI, D&I, diversity inclusion. Yeah. I think now it's it's important, but I think some yeah. people it's more of a buzzword. We just rattle it off, you know, kind of like what do they call it, greenwashing back in the day?
0: Yeah.
1: So it is an important thing. By the way, I want to underline that. But my point mm. being is that I think at the UN, uh, Kendall, you better love diversity if you work at an organization. Right. Where you're in an elevator with ten people, white folk, black folk, and every color in between. Yeah. You look at Kendall and think she doesn't know Arabic and don't know this girl is fluent in Arabic. And no matter how right. she looks or you think, you look at a guy like Ramon and don't know that I was born in China and I speak fluent Mandarin. And by the way, those uh-huh. who don't know, I'm a black guy. So my <laughs> point being is you look at people in the U.N., that's where you appreciate the diverseness because you and the joke I used to say is, Kendall, you can't gossip in the U.N., meaning you're assuming, oh, those two guys are speaking Spanish. Let me talk in in uh, in French. Yeah. No, yeah. all three of those guys may be fluent in French, and you don't know
0: it. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah, that would be an amazing experience. I, I that just to, I mean, just to be immersed in that i can only yes. imagine how much you know you take away and how awesome that is to be surrounded by so many different people of different backgrounds and cultures and you know wherever they're from and languages that's that's pretty amazing
1: Correct. um and it humbles i just want to add it humbles you a bit kendall as well you know because you know i had when my children were smaller many of our mm-hmm. friends are, are indians you know from from, from india and mm-hmm. in, in fact many Asians eat with proverbial chopsticks i'm sure not all so but my yeah. point is many indians eat with their hands so my right. kids oh why are they eating with their hands why aren't they using fork and knife and i would tease them as they got older like wait a minute why aren't we eating with our hands right. why are we using a fork and knife <laughs> so right. that to that point to put a bow on that that aspect of this appreciation. that yes there are some things that you know you can hold value and you have your values and all that but in general kendall
0: likes green i like pink hey go figure we're both good right. people right and for what it's worth i love pink it's my favorite color but anyway um i mean it's just I, as we've talked about especially i'm i'm it's it's amazing that it's been brought up especially over this past year but what should have always been talked about was just the diversity of of thought right like you just said i mean yeah. using your hands versus using chopsticks versus using a you know a fork mm-hmm. um i i just love that you know to ha- to be able to open up a business in general to think differently than the way you've always thought. Um, right. so yeah, incredible. That's, that's an incredible way to start your entrepreneurial journey. <laughs> and I do, I do want to know, um, kind of tell me a little bit, you, 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 mentioned, you know, you started, you started three businesses, um, you or now four, right. You started four mm-hmm. businesses, you sold three of them. Can you tell us kind of what you did and how that all came together?
1: Sure. And so, of course, the journey from today backwards meant many years, but the first one was a technology consulting company. And I was small, just me, you know, one person business, but back in the day, whatever, I don't know, Kendall, 20 something years ago, I say 20, because I can't remember the exact dates, but about 20 something years ago, my children were small. Um, My son now is 26. Um, That was, you know, people wanting to know how to use, you know, Microsoft access, you know, databases back in the day to put little records in place or string together your local area network, ethernet. Now, Wi-Fi is built into everything. Thing. But back then, Ethernet wasn't that popular. We, we, we were just trying to string networks of computers together. So that mm-hmm. was kind of the space I was in, upgrading computers, adding antivirus on computers and software. So that was company one, uh, a, a technology consulting company, Tiny. And I dissolved that company. Second business was smallbiztechnology.com, which is still running today. And I sold that 20 years ago two years ago. So whatever that is. Uh, so that's a blog in essence, kind of like my current company, which covers the world of technology and small business. And it's still an active website and company and, and a blogging company runs that. Um, the third business, Kendall, was an event business, uh, the uh, Small Business Summit. And that was an event business bringing together hundreds and hundreds of business owners at each event, uh, which I did with a partner at the time, Marion Banker, who I still hold dearly in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I uh, sold that one to a, another uh, event company. And then today, of course, I have Small smart hustle media, which is a media company where we produce events, have online content, et cetera, serving small businesses and getting to partner and work with amazing brands like Oracle next week. So those are my four companies and sold two of them.
0: Well, I'm noticing a a theme here, Um, small businesses. (laughs) I mean, how, like, where did your love for small businesses come from? I mean, why did you decide to kind of follow that, that niche and that passion?
1: Yeah, I wish I had a smarter answer, um, Kendall, and I'm sure that if I thought about it longer, I would know where that clicked in.
0: But yeah. I think I
1: know when I was at the UN when I started my first uh, consulting company, the technology one. Metaphorically, this is uh, not the part I'm going to say now. I would. We had a, a travel agent who used to provide tickets for us in our office. Mm -hmm. And I would just hang out with him. I became friends with him. And that's kind of, he was my first client, Kendall. He'd say, Mm Ramon, I have these three computers. You've networked your computers at the UN. Could you help me? and um, maybe that's kind of how it started one knowing that you know what there's millions and millions of companies that are one person two person shops and of course as you and i both know netsuite serves those companies that have a a small dream and they're right. scaling they're growing fast to be the next ipo or multi million dollar company right. so i think that's kind of where that appreciation of just knowing the UN's a great place. I work with many MBA students and who had bachelors and doctorates, wanting to kind of save the world. And I say that honorably in a good way. But for me, it was really more. I was more of the tactical. Let me work with really small companies so I can help them with their marketing or technology. And as you said, there's a theme because today, I get to work with great brands. You know. Yeah, across the
0: board, businesses. not just small yeah. businesses. I mean, you're also working with multi-million-dollar IPO businesses now. That's right. So you've grown too. Um, <laughs> Indeed. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, you were saying in terms of you were consulting for technology and then eventually marketing, um, you know, obviously now you're, you're in marketing and media. What would you say are the top barriers to growth for small businesses? Um, I'm guessing technology and marketing fall in there, but I just want to hear from you. Uh, I guess the top like three that you would pick.
1: Sure. And it depends on who they are, the industry they're in, but there's a lot of barriers. But I think that a few things I can think of, I think one is the mindset. Ironically, I think Mm -hmm. it's not even a core business thing, but I think this aspect of, do you have clear your purpose, values, missions? I think that's one. That leads, Kendall, to, are you hiring and getting the right people on your team? Which is kind of still the first one. But I think for sure, Kendall, as you scale, the rails can easily become off. As I've heard Evan talk about, Evan Goldberg, of course, uh, co-founder or founder of Mm NetSuite, as I've heard him say, is that as you grow, if you don't have the systems and processes in place, and the Mm -hmm. technology to underpin it, you're gonna be jacked up and have problems. You can sell all you want, but then when you get your first order of 10,000 shoes, a thousand shoes, 10 million pins, if you don't know what your right hand or left hand are doing, if you have silos in your business, you can't serve your customers, games over. Does your business have trouble managing inventory, projects, or even getting paid on time? Don't let spreadsheets and QuickBooks hold you back. If you want to get your business to a better place, take action now and make the move to NetSuite. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need, all in one place, instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. Join the over twenty-four thousand companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com/business. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com/business. netsuite.com/business.
0: You know, having been a, con- a consultant for so many small businesses, um, and and yourself now working with NetSuite and working with you know our customers and our prospects, mm-hmm. what? What are the biggest barriers to growth then when it comes to actual business systems? I mean, where do you see companies miss out um, when they're running on businesses that can no longer scale with them or when they're duct taping systems together or what have (laughs) you? Yeah, I mean, I
1: think it's a few things. And I think it's always those two halves. A are the leaders able to grow? And of course, NetSuite is not a leadership company, meaning as it were, but that's one half of the equation. Are the leaders able to grow and scale with the company and think like a larger company? But then you have the technology, which has to match that. So if you're trying to run on systems that are the proverbial glue and gum, and you're running and running and running, and things literally, literally, Kendall, are crashing, things literally, you're getting error messages, things literally don't have the capacity to support. You got that new contract from, from Walmart, you got, that new contract from Cisco, you opened up your fourth, your fifth office, you're hiring your 500th employee, and you're still running on systems where you were two guys in a garage or three girls in a townhouse, you're going to have problems. The system just can't take it. It's either going to take longer or things are going to begin to literally crash. And I've had the honor to talk to many NetSuite customers about their journey. I can't remember the gentleman's name. I remember his hair, though, Kendall. He had kind of like a cool spiked hair. And you may know who he is. But point is, is that I talked to him and he was saying he was using kind of some other technologies, great software at the time. But as he grew, it took longer and longer. As he grew, reports took more and more time. As he grew, the systems couldn't handle it because it wasn't made for where he was going. So that's yeah. some of the problems that happened for sure.
0: Was it was it the CFO of Adtegrity, Jason Bulk?
1: Thank you. That's it. <laughs> I knew you'd know who it was.
0: <laughs> yes, because actually a couple of people have commented on his hair. He has great hair. Um, yes, that's does. that's super funny. So then, I mean, wh- how have you seen businesses overcome these? I know we're obviously, you know, we're on the NetSuite podcast. We sure. know that ERP helps. But I do. I am curious, and in other ways, you've seen, you know, businesses really overcome this whole you know sure. myriad of systems or my, manual processes um or spreadsheets or you know sure. any of the things that you just named
1: yeah i think it's a combination of things and i think there's not one a solution of course but i think it's a perfect combination i think a if you have the the processes in place. Let me put it that way. The process yeah. in place. Yeah. And that's mapped out really well. And that takes Kindle. That's not a tech issue. That's, right. Are that's... you talking to your customers? Are yeah. you talking to your employees? Are you talking to the frontline employees? Are you doing some ride alongs, right? Are you, are you in tune with your company? That's the process. No technology needed. Just understanding that. Now mm-hmm. that you have that nugget, now you can map the right technology, and saying we need technology that can fit in and that can help uh, uh, map or carry on this process that we have. Now you have those two, and then yeah. the third leg. Now do we have the leaders? Do we have the right people in place that can help us run with this? And I think that's how you have a fine-tuned company. You have Malcolm Gladwell. I think no, uh, Jim Collins, good to great. You have Malcolm Gladwell talking about the books he does, and many of these books. These leaders who research companies, I think you find this is the trifecta: the yeah. the human capital. The humans who can do this well, the processes that can do it well, and then you have the tech behind it, all three of these map together. Now you can hum. Of course, you have to have the financing, you have to have your sales team in order. All these things must go hand in hand. But I think that's where it starts. And of course, you don't, you want to minimize Kindle, all the silos, minimize. Right silos. I may make a t-shirt about that and sell it. I don't know. We'll
0: see. (laughs) I like it. I think, I think that's, we would be in on that minimize silos. (laughs) I don't know if you know that you just did this, but the three barriers to growth for small businesses you named are mindset, hiring and tech. And then how, basically, how to overcome those barriers are also mindset, hiring, and tech. Have the right mindset, the plans, the processes Mm. in place. Have the right people that can help you fulfill, you know, whatever. If it's implementing a new system, implementing an ERP, implementing NetSuite. Having the right people to help you do that. And then really being able to take on the technology and and grow with it and scale with it and take advantage of it. Make sure you're getting the, you know, the best return on your investment. That's pretty cool. That those all, you, all three you. align. <laughs> I don't know if you knew you did that. Not um, quite. I just I was just on the Kendall show chilling
1: out and talking. So you brought it you out go. of
0: there. I, I love it. I love it. Um, you know, something else we're talking a lot about right now is customer acquisition costs, um, yeah. which became significantly higher over the past year, obviously with more online shopping. Um, How can growing businesses be smarter about acquiring customers right now? I know this is a a big realm for you and and you're an expert in this field. So I just have to ask you while it's hot topic for our customers (laughs) and our audience. Yeah, a few things that
1: come to mind to me, I I hope it's not gonna be in threes again, but I think (laughs) that A, before we even talk about getting net new customers, which is important, make sure we're really dialed in on our current customers, and there's no leakage. So I think that's important, just the surveys, the reviews, asking questions. Are we we a company that has a culture that that customers want to stay with us? I think that's one.
0: Yeah.
1: Going back to culture, Kendall, I think that also is a great way to get new people. Everybody wants to work with hot people, ballers, right? As as in whatever you want to take that. But the point being is, is your company also attracting customers to you, the right ones to you? So I think that's point number two. And then Mm -hmm. three, Kendall, and I know we do this in the advertising world quite a bit, are you really, really dialed down deep on who are the perfect customers for you, understanding Mm -hmm. what your current customers look like, and now that you can empower your team, go find me more like this. Because mm-hmm. once you then find customers who have that same pain point, who have that same problem, are able to call them out, and that suite does this very well, calling out, we know at, at the small business level, the specific customer we want, mm-hmm. once you do that, now when they come into the fold, remember the conversation we had earlier, Kendall, purpose, values, missions, now mm-hmm. your team, your sales team, your support team, they can serve that customer with a genuine heart at the core. And ideally, that's how it grows. Now, you're not going to get every customer. But I think if you're a company that looks appealing, if you have your systems built in place, and if you know very well who we want, and you know what, who we're not for, that is the way to get uh, to have a good funnel of customers over and over again. And last thing I'll add, Kendall, one more thing is that education. I really mm. think that's important. I know that's part of what we're doing here at NetSuite, right? Oracle NetSuite to educate yeah. our customers. And I, and it's the long-term game. I must say it's not going to happen overnight, meaning it works, but you're out there, the company that's leading the education. You're the car mechanic. Hey, my name is Joe. I don't know why I put a Southern accent, but I'm going to, go <laughs> you know, my name is Joe and I can come by my shop and I'm going to teach you about spark plugs and changing your oil and tires. You can't do everything for free, of course, Kendall, but that spirit who do you think is going to have a line of people out the door when your car, when the next car breaks? Right. The guy yep. at the car mechanic shop. <laughs> yep.
0: Yep. So, yep. I mean, you know, proving that you're an expert, proving that you're an authority um, on it in that education process. And then I love, you know, you can't, what's the saying, if you're everything to everyone, yeah. you're, you're serving no one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. So I it's uh, it makes total sense. And, and uh, that's some great advice. Yeah. Um, And now I want to ask, though, what about retaining current customers? I've heard you talk before about dating prospects and marrying customers, Mm -hmm. and I'd love to dive into that a little bit.
1: Absolutely. Date your leads and marry your customers for sure. And I think the retaining part, that is important, Kendall. That's just... Uh, That's everything because I think that sometimes Mm -hmm. we focus too much on the new one, which we need to. We have to grow, but I think it's the current one. So a few things to do, I think, uh, and these are simple things, more tactical things, but it Mm -hmm. could give some people ideas. We're all delighted if I remember Kendall's birthday. Let's pretend it's today. Happy Mm -hmm. birthday to Kendall. It's not, but let's pretend. So that's one simple way to say to 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 you all your 500, 5,000, 10,000 customers. Can you build within your systems? And I know Nets we can do these kind of things just to remember the anniversary dates. Not personal but you know corporate anniversary dates of your customers two do you have liberal return policies that people can know hey if something goes wrong we are going to fix this and make this right I think three do you have a a a loop in your company that quickly if customers want to leave or if things aren't happy you can find out why I was I was with a company today uh, a, a company and I and I Left them. I mean, you can hear me stuttering, Kendall, because you know you're careful not to say the name. Or anything right, of like course. That. They're a good company. Yeah. They just weren't a fit for me. But I was glad that a human reached out. Hey, Ramon, just want to know why you're leaving us. Right. And I think that's the kind of thing, they can scale it with a survey. And I think they did give me an exit survey, but also somebody reached out to just ask why. And I bet they're noting that so they can keep doing better in serving. That's how you keep customers. And I must say, Kendall, I'll call out my friend, Jay Baer. He has a book out called Hug Your Haters. Mm-hmm. even I'm not a hater of them, but even people who leave you, Kendall, I still have a good taste in my mouth about this company. They just want to fit for me. So that's more long tail marketing, but those small things help, especially as you're scaling your company.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, on that first point, you know, kind of building personal relationships, making personal authentic connections. I, I talk about this all the time. I think, um, on social media and I know you and I are on social media quite a bit. I think one of the biggest mistakes, influencers, whatever you want to call them, people, just people in general, even our friends, our family can yeah. make is the whole inauthentic distant like messaging, you know, it's, Hi guys. So here's my latest foot cream that I don't personally use, but this is an ad. It just, it's not working. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and with brands, I mean, people are seeing beyond the pretty Instagram pictures and the perfectly, you know, set up, um, feed. I, I think, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What people want more than ever is authenticity, and, and your latest book, Celebrity CEO, touches on this a little bit. It touches on how founders and and CEOs can really impact their customers' brand, create personal connections with people, and improve customer acquisition and retention. Um, I'd love for you to share your thoughts, speak a little bit from your book, sure. um, and and tell us what what you know our listeners can can learn from that.
1: Yeah, no, you're, you're Kendall, you're oh, spot on. And I must say with the Super Bowl commercial, there's one uh, chip company, I'll put it that way, chip company that, you know, has a, I, it's my understanding that they were like, no, we need to pay for imperfect ads because this is what yeah. people want to see, just regular people doing crazy stuff. So yeah, to your point, I exactly. think that bit of imperfection, which leads to, yes, the personal brand and the, and the concept of celebrity CEO, which which you would say in my book, Celebrity CEO, is I think the aspect of, yes, how do we build community? How yeah. do we build fan base? Too many times, I think, and and while sales are needed, but I think sometimes companies look more for the sale before they look for building relationship. And I'm a firm believer that if I can build a community first, if I can build a fan first, if I can get a smile from Kendall first, Mm -hmm. there's a greater chance that she will buy my vacuum cleaner, my knife, my airline ticket, whatever it may be. So that's really that concept is to encourage companies one of the biggest assets you have is your employees. One Mm -hmm. of the biggest assets you have is the smiles of your leaders. And you can use that more to, yes, Kendall, build authentic relationships at scale with customers. So they feel this company really cares about me. Yeah. They they, they care about you because you bought from them, you're a customer, but there is more than just a transactional aspect in the relationship for sure.
0: Right. And I've interviewed actually, um, I interviewed the, CEO and founder of, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget the name right now. It's going to come
1: to you. You have, you're going to have to get Um, in the shower, sprinkle some cold water on you or something. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, but of a, of a, of a shoe company. And one of the things that she recently started doing, um, is, is telling her own story on her blog, talking about, mm. you know, how she wore her shoes in her wedding and to her baby shower, and the way that she's, you know, why this specific style or this specific campaign for the company has, um, has, you know, had a personal impact, you know, it right. was, as there was a personal impact for her. Um, and I just thought that was so interesting. It's, it's, you know, it's building that like, Hey, here's why we do what we do. Here's why the name of this shoe is X, or, you know, mm-hmm. here's the shoe that I actually wore myself on my wedding day and why it was so special to me. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, and I think that's where people go, Oh, well, if the founder wore this <laughs> shoe on her wedding day, like, obviously <laughs> that's going to be great <laughs> for me. Right.
1: That's
0: um, right. So, um, who, who are actually some of the CEOs that you think are doing this really well and why, like if you could name one, um, Who's somebody that comes to mind? Sure.
1: I mean, I like the founder of Away. I, I think she's, unfortunately, she's may have left the company since, but I think the founder of Away, the luggage company, I love Stitch Fix. I think she's done a great job. I think her name is Katarina. I believe it is. So I think there's a number of companies like that, that again, I must say, Kendall, it may not be for every single brand. I must say, if, if it's not for you, but I think that CEOs can be assets of it. They're in their own ads, or if they are not in their own ads, they're front and center modeling customer service front and center modeling. Hey, listen, we care about customers. We care about you. So I think that those are a few that I can think of for sure that are out there front and center. And you know, and and people may know their name, you know, and some of them are active on Twitter or not. And and you have to be careful of that. There's pros and cons to that. But I think there's nothing more than the CEO or the leader modeling that. And Kendall, what happens is when the leader models that, when the leader models that authenticity, when the leader models that I'm out there as well with you, that means the employees and the team members model as well. They're they're not going to hide. They're not afraid of saying, hey, yes, my name is Joe. My name is Maria, whatever it is. I can help you. I can serve you. So I think that's where it gets really cool when they can- a a showcase how that works and then everybody else wants to model that as well
0: and like you said there's boundaries it doesn't need it doesn't necessarily mean you're tweeting what you had for breakfast lunch lunch and dinner right like i mean maybe you are maybe that's the way that you're connecting but like it's it's building a connection through things that matter to you and that are authentic to you um i thought of the name it is sarah flint i cannot believe that i forgot that um she sarah flint the founder of her she it's her namesake shoe company Sarah Flint. Um, actually mm-hmm. Megan Markle's favorite shoes. Okay. Um so love that because Megan's a California girl and we love Megan Markle. But um anyway, Sarah Flint is the one who she's, you know, she started a blog and she she blogs about her personal life. She doesn't go into, you know, she's not telling you where, where she had the wedding or what she right. paid for it. She's telling you, here's the shoes that I wore and why they're special to me. Here's why I, you know, um coordinated with the, you know, American Ballet Foundation, um, and why that what that means to me. I just mm-hmm. think that's really cool for people to understand, you know, where your passion stems from, why you do the things you do. I think that's you know, again, it just builds those really, really great connections and kind of allows people to see themselves through you as the founder. Yes, yes,
1: for sure. And I think the executive is definitely the, can be one of the biggest asset a com- besides the employees that, it, that a company has. And I think hmm. to, for the marketers out there and the, and the leadership teams out there listening to us to think, how can I begin to leverage my executive right. or my leadership Timmy, to your right? You're right. I, and maybe Kendall do things like, Hey, here's what we ate, whatever. Cause we're just different right. kind of people. But yeah. <laughs> for everybody else, even right. just going something on LinkedIn and doing a small little video or thought leadership, that helped it put your face out there for sure.
0: Yeah. It's a hundred, 150%. Um, on the contrary, I do want to ask, what do you think is one of the biggest mistakes you're seeing businesses make on social media? And then I'm going to ask how it can be fixed.
1: I think you touched on it, Kendall. There's probably a lot of mistakes, but I think just when it's too polished and too perfect, that's one. Mm-hmm. And probably the first one is trying to sell first. Twitter, mm. social media, you can sell. There's mechanisms and companies that can do this, but I think that really it's it's a way to start a relationship, Kendall. So I think the biggest mistake is like, hey, ninety nine percent off. Uh, click here on our tweet. Okay, maybe there's ways to do that, but it's more so get me to laugh, get me to be more <laughs> informed. Get right. me to want to go to your funnel, as it were. Now we're talking marketing, right? And give my email address to 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 get your free white paper. That's what social media is for—to spread the love and to educate me. But I think the biggest mistake, especially people who are new to it, I gotta sell, I gotta sell, I gotta sell. Yeah, you just alienated probably half your audience by doing that.
0: Right, right, and it's a fine line to walk. I mean, it's it's not. I mean, we we're full transparency. We're always figuring it out here at Netsuite. Where what mm-hmm. is that line where? What can we share? How do we get our audience left? But how do we also educate and how do we make sure that people know what we do and who we are and what ERP is. And, you know, so it's definitely a fine line. It's not, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but I love the idea though. If you're selling first, you're not, that's not the right move. Figure out who your audience is first, figure out how to connect with them, figure out what's authentic to you and connecting with them and then go from there. Um, So Ramon, to kind of bring this full circle here, I can't believe we're already rounding this (laughs) out. It feels like this, this, you know, time flies when you're having fun. hate to be cliche, but saying it, it. um, what made you, you know, you, you have all this history. You are so good at what you do. You've worked with so many growing businesses all over the world. Um, what made you decide then to take on the first ever EIR entrepreneur in residence? because we love acronyms here, um, here at NetSuite, like how do we align to your goals, your future goals? Um, and, and your, you know, really your passion for helping businesses continue to grow
1: sure i think there's a few things i think one definitely i think the 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 founder i must say the the founder of netsuite just seems like a guy who's uh is chill interesting just like his vibe that's one two i've been to many many netsuite events as you know kendall you and i've crossed paths a few times and i think just the vibe the mojo of the blend of the customers the team what's going on and then three Y'all got some baller customers. I mean, some (laughs) of, as I understand it, the stats are that many have IPO'd and those who don't just have some cool things from the smallest ones, like I'll shout out my new friend, Jimmy of Soap Stendhal, Stendhal, I think Mm -hmm. it is, uh, to others who I've gotten to know, this is what America and of course you have global customers too, the world is about. So for me, Kendall, that's what it is. I want to work with a company that I can have some fun because I have to have fun while I'm doing it. Two, that are first-class professionals. Clearly, y'all are. Now I can say we are. Three, Mm -hmm. that has a good base of customers. And that four, that's helping to grow business. And yes, I'm about small business, whether it's the smallest of small businesses, but of course, NetSuite's domain, those who are small, but they're like, yeah, we're growing. We're growing. We're growing. It's a wide range. That's, you know, hey, and and nobody said I can't have my burnt pancakes and syrup, Kendall. So Ah. that's like a plus on that right there.
0: Right. And tweet about it too. All right, Ramon. Well, you know what? Thank you so much for joining us. Um, this was, I, I always love hearing your story, even though I, I've, I've heard it now a couple of times, which I love, but um, I feel like I learn new things every single time. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for being on with us today and uh, looking forward to everything that's to come from your entrepreneur in residence role.
1: Indeed. Thank you for having me, Kendall. Take care.
0: So many amazing takeaways. And I love that Ramon actually practices what he preaches, authenticity, personal connections. I mean, you can hear it right here in this podcast episode, such a joy to have him on and Ramon, thank you for another great conversation. I also want to make sure I thank our editing crew over at Lampstand for another great episode. And of course, all of you for being great, you know, all the time and tuning in. So remember... Rate, review, and subscribe for more. Have a great one. You just listened
1: to the NetSuite podcast. Be sure to tune in every week with more NetSuite developments, stories, and insights into the benefits of one integrated system to help you run your business.